نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him i bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. <coughs> this evening, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we would like to continue where we have left off from the essay of the great scholar Al-Alama Hafiz Al-Hakami rahimahullah, his essay entitled A'lam Al-Sunnah Al-Manshura Bi-Atiqad Al-Taifa Al-Najiya Al-Mansura in this book, as we have mentioned on a number of occasions, the meaning of the title it means that these are the distinguishing signs or the landmarks that are spread out along the road that one travels in this world to reach the successful destination, earning the pleasure of Allah and His reward in the next life. And that this book it is dealing with the aqidah, the atiqad or the aqidah of the Ta'ifa and Najiyah and Mansura, that is the group of people from amongst the Muslims who would be saved and saved from the punishment of Allah in the next life and who would be victorious over the enemies and those who oppose them in this world. And in the previous lectures we've dealt with a number of topics related to the Arkan of Islam uh, preceded by discussion of Ibadah what is the meaning of ibadah and what is the meaning of al-abid and so on and then we began to discuss the arkan of iman the six pillars of faith the first of them being al-iman billahi believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then the author has mentioned a number of questions related to the topic of iman in Allah from amongst them that iman in Allah requires that the person acknowledge the existence of Allah and the various aspects of a tawheed, tawheed al-rububiyyah, what is it, and what is its opposite, and tawheed al-ilahiyah or uluhiyah, and what is its opposite, and the tawheed of the Lordship of Allah, and the tawheed uh, that acknowledges or recognizes that Allah alone deserves to be worshipped. Finally, we have begun to discuss the third aspect of a tawheed, tawheed al-asma wa sifat, that is the acknowledgement that Allah alone deserves to be named with the most beautiful names Al-Asma Al-Husna and with the, the lofty qualities or characteristics that he has described himself with or that he has been described with by the Prophet in the authentic hadith so here on this topic of Tawheed Al-Asma Al-Sifat because of the need for a detailed explanation due to the lack of knowledge of this topic amongst most of the people. For that reason, he has discussed it in great detail, mentioned various aspects of the rules 
or the qawaid, the principles that the scholars of Sunnah have explained for us concerning what is required of a Muslim in this aspect of the Tawheed, the acknowledgement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beautiful names and perfect qualities, characteristics or descriptions. So the question that we have reached it is related to the or as the author Rahimahullah says in question number fifty five, how many are the types of the Dalala or the indications of Al Asma al Husna, the beautiful names of Allah, how many types of Dalala do they have? How many different ways of indication uh, are indicated by the beautiful names of Allah? The types of Dalala that the author has mentioned here are three, and some of the scholars have explained them slightly different. For that reason, we will mention what he has said and we will mention the other explanation of it. Keeping in mind that there is no conflict between the two explanations, however, it is just as a point of knowledge to understand that some of the scholars have explained these indications, yani what the beautiful names of Allah indicate or point to, in more than one way. The answer, he said, concerning how many other types of dalala or indications of al-asma al-husna, he said there are three types, three types of indications. Dalalatuha ala al-zat mutabaqatan. Yani he said that the first type is that it points to or indicates the that that of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The that it means Allah's divine being. Allah's divine being. He said that the first type of indication is that the beautiful names indicate the that of Allah. They point to Allah Himself directly, and this is this way or this manner of every one of the beautiful names of Allah pointing to Allah Himself, to His divine being. It is called mutabaqa, mutabaqa, al-mutabaqa. So mutabaqa. He said that this is the first type, and the mutabaqa it means that the expression. The name of Allah, such as Ar-Rahman, or Ar-Rahim, or Al-Alim, this expression, or this name, it indicates, or it points to, the one that is named by it. Yani, Al-Alim points to the one who has been named with that name. It points to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, specifically to His divine being, Al-Alim. So, Dalalatul Mutabaqa, Al-Mutabaqa, it is, it means that, the expression or the word or the name that we may uh, be considering, uh, that name indicates the divine being or the being that is named with that name. For example, the name Ar-Rahman, it points to Allah's divine being. And when you say Ar-Rahman, it immediately and directly points to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's divine being. You know that you are talking about the divine one. That is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second type, he said, is dalalatuha ala as-sifat al-mushtaqqa minha tadammunan. Yani that it also points to another indication or dalala of the names of Allah is that they point to the sifat, the characteristics or the qualities that are derived from that particular name, that expression. The qualities, the qualities that are derived from it, the characteristic that is derived from that name. And he said this is by tadammunin. It is another form of indication or dalala of the names of Allah. It is referred to as tadammunin. Tadammunin means that the expression, the name of Allah, 
it points to or indicates the meaning, the meaning, the quality or the characteristic that that name contains, the quality that it contains. For example, the name Ar-Rahman, it indicates one of the sifat of Allah, the sifa of Ar-Rahman, mercy. Ar-Rahman, it points to the characteristic of mercy. Or Ar-Rahim, these two names, the meaning of them are close in meaning, except that one, as the scholars of Sunnah said, that Ar-Rahman, it indicates Allah's all-encompassing mercy and bounty that uh, touches all of his creatures in this world. Whereas Ar-Rahim, it is especially for the believers in the next life. Yani the Rahmah of Allah on the believers alone, exclusively in the next life. So this name, Ar-Rahman, it points to one of the, it points to the sifa or the characteristic, the quality of Ar-Rahman. So there's the name Ar-Rahman. It points to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it also indicates the meaning of that name or the quality or the characteristic which is the quality of Rahmah, mercy. This is called Tadammun, Tadammun. The third type of indication he said, Dalalatuha ala sifat allati mashtaqat minha iltizaman. Yani it's indicating sifat, other qualities or characteristics which are not directly derived from that name. Yani from the linguistic meaning of that name. Other sifat that are not directly indicated in the meaning of that word in the Arabic language. But this manner, iltizam bil iltizam, it means that it points to those other characteristics by necessity. By necessity. Yani it is of necessity that this particular name must also indicate other qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is mentioned that the, this type of indication by iltizam, it means that the expression or the name, it of necessity requires that there are other meanings or other qualities or other characteristics. For example, the indication of his name Ar-Rahman, by way of iltizam, by necessity, it points to the other sifat of Allah. Yani the other sifat of Allah, for example, the sifa of knowledge and the sifa of hayat, life, and so on. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani it, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if his name is Ar-Rahman, by necessity, we must also understand that he has to be living. Therefore, one of his characteristics is hayat, and so on. So there are other characteristics that are required by necessity from the names of Allah, while there are those which are directly derived from the name that is under consideration. So he has mentioned three types of indication. The first of them is al-mutabaqah. It means that it points to the that of Allah, Allah's divine being. Yani every name of Allah points to his divine being. The second type of indication is tadammun. And that means that it also points to the meaning or the characteristic that is derived directly from that name. For example, Ar-Rahman, the characteristic derived, derived from it is Rahman. Al-Alim, the characteristic derived from it is Ilm, knowledge. Al-Aziz, the characteristic that is derived from it is Izzah, might. Al-Qadir, the one who is all-powerful, the characteristic that is derived from it is Qudra, power, and so on. So this means that every name, it is used as a name to refer to Allah by, and it also contains a meaning. Directly, it indicates one of the characteristics of Allah that is derived from that name. And then the third indication is iltizam. 
It means that by necessity, if we acknowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, is the creator, then we must also acknowledge that he has a will and that he has power and so on. Otherwise, how can he create unless he has power, unless he has a will to create? So we say by iltizam that of the characteristics that are indicated by iltizam from al-khaliq, the creator, for example, is the characteristic of al-qudra, power, that he has power, otherwise how can he create? Of Mashiach, that he has a will, otherwise how could he have created unless he willed to do so? And so on. So here, the author, he has mentioned here these three types of indications, and he says that all of the beautiful names of Allah uh, point to the various, these various aspects or indications, mutabaqa, pointing to the divine being of Allah, tadammunan, it points to the characteristic that is derived from that name, al-iltizam, points to that which of necessity must also be included as the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Alama ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, in his book, Bada'i al-Fawaid, he mentions a different, slightly different interpretation of these three indications. And he says that every name of Allah by mutabiqa points to the that of Allah as well as the sifa. It points to the that of Allah, every name points to Allah's divine being and as well, at the same time, it points to one of his characteristics. This is what he refers to as mutabiqa. Yani that these two things together, pointing to the divine being as well as the characteristic that is derived from it, he calls that mutabiqa. Mutabiqa, it means that something conforms or agrees or overlaps with something else. So here, in his explanation, he said that the indication of Allah's divine being and the characteristic that comes from that name, they are in mutabiqa, they are in agreement. So he said, this is mutabiqa. As for tadammun, he said tadammun, it means that which is implied or that which is, uh, which is indicated also as a part of that, the meaning of that word, he said, it points to either one of these two things. Tadammunan, he said, is this way point to either one of them, either the divine being of Allah, which is contained in the meaning of that name, the indication of Allah's divine being, or the sifa of Allah, the characteristic that is derived from that name. He said, if you use it to point to either one of them, one of the two, he calls this tadammun. Because tadammun, it means that something, it consists of various things. So he said that here, if you point to any one of the two things that it consists of, it's indicating of Allah's divine being, or indicating the characteristic that comes from that name. He said, this is tadammun. As for iltizam, he explained it in the same way. It means that it also might point to other characteristics that of necessity, uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must of necessity be described with. Here, the Shaykh rahimahullah asked the question 56, ma mithal dhalika? Yani, what is the example of this? Or give an example of what is explained in the answer of the previous question. Yani, the three types of indications, give an example. Okay, here he says, the example of this is the name of Allah the Most High, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. It indicates the that of the one who is named with that name. It points to the divine being that has been named with that name. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is Allah azza wa jalla. And this is by mutabaqa. By mutabaqa, this name points to the divine being that has been given this name. 
And it also points to the sifa or the characteristic that is derived from that name which is Ar-Rahmah, mercy, tadammunan, by tadammun. By tadammun, يعني, by implication or inclusion. يعني, it also includes يعني, the indication of the characteristic or the quality of Ar-Rahmah, mercy, that is contained in the name Ar-Rahman and the name Ar-Rahim. Then he said it also points to other sifat or other characteristics which are not derived from that name, yani which are not directly derived linguistically from the name. It also indicates other characteristics such as al-hayat, life, al-qudra, ability or power by iltizam. Yani by iltizam, by necessity, the name ar-Rahman and the name ar-Rahim, for example, of necessity, it has to be that the one who is named with this name Ar-Rahman or this name Ar-Rahim that he also has to be described with having life Al-Hayat and having power or ability Al-Qudra in this way the rest of the names of Allah uh, it is also applicable to the other names of Allah for example another example just to try to clarify it a little bit some of the scholars have given other examples from amongst the examples that have been given is the name Al-Khaliq Al-Khaliq the creator this name, Al-Khaliq, it has three ways of indications, dalalat. The first of them is that when you hear the name Al-Khaliq, it points to first the divine being, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah's divine being. And he's the one who is named with that name Al-Khaliq. That is Allah's name, Al-Khaliq. So when you hear it, it immediately points to the one who has been given that name, who has named himself with that name, Mutabaqatan, yani that this name is in concordance or in agreement with the divine being of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second indication of Al-Khaliq, it is the sifa or the characteristic or quality which is derived from the name Al-Khaliq and that is the quality of Al-Khalq, Al-Khalq that Allah creates, the quality of creating. This quality of creating, it is directly Khalq, it is directly derived from the name Al-Khaliq. Yani linguistically it is derived from it by the way of Tadammun, because it is a part of it. So it in indicates or indirectly implies this meaning also. Likewise, it indicates other characteristics. Yani the name Al-Khaliq, it also of necessity, by iltizam, of necessity, it also indicates other characteristics that are not directly derived linguistically from that name, such as Al-Hayat, life, Al-Qudra, power, Al-Ilm, knowledge, Al-Mashiyah, will, and so on. And if Allah is the Khaliq, that is his name, and his characteristic that is derived from it is creation, that he creates, then likewise of necessity he has to be described with living, with life, that he is living, and that he has power, and that he has knowledge, that he has will, and so on. Otherwise, how can he create unless he has power to create, and the will to create, and that he is a living being, and that he has knowledge of how to create, and so on. So of necessity, if we were to reflect on the names of Allah, we will find not only the meaning that is linguistically directly derived from it, but we will find that there are other characteristics that are indirectly indicated by necessity. By necessity, we have to say that he would also be described with these other characteristics. Uh, then, the Shaykh, he says, after giving an example of these three types of indications, he says, and likewise, the rest of the names of Allah, uh, it, this rule applies to them. And this is contrary to uh, the creation or the creatures. 
This, this rule, the application of this rule is applicable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His divine names. However, it is not applicable to the creatures. He said, indeed, a person might be named Hakiman, and wise, while in fact he might be Jahil, ignorant. And he might have the name Hakim, but he himself might be ignorant. So it's not a necessity that the characteristic that is derived from that name that it is applicable to him. Not so. For Allah it is necessary. But for the creatures it is not so. He said that a person might be described as al-hakam, uh, as hakaman, hakaman, yani a just one. And he might be zalim, he might be unjust. He might be described with the name Aziz, mighty, and he might be and he mighty and honorable, and he might be zalil, despicable, or lowly, and so on. He might be described with the name Sharif, noble, and he might be wadi'ah, yani humble or inferior. He might be described with the name Kareem, noble while, or honorable, while he himself might be la'im, yani dishonorable, and so on. He might be described with the name Salih, which means righteous, but he might be Talih, unrighteous, Talih. He might be described with the name Sa'id, fortunate, and he might be Shaqi'ah, unfortunate, yani wretched, Shaqi'un. He said he might be described with the name Asad or Hanzala or Al-Qama and, and he, he will not actually uh, be described with these qualities or these characteristics. And then he said, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi huwa kama wasafa nafsahu wa fawka ma yasifuhu bihi khalquhu. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, indeed he is the one who is free from all imperfections, and he is the one who is deserving all praise. He is just as he has described himself with, and he is high above the descriptions that he has been described with by his creatures. Uh, after this discussion of the different types of dalalat, or the indications of the beautiful names of Allah, that they are the direct indicating of Allah's divine being, uh, and this, this is what is referred to as mutabaqa and indirectly and it indicates the sifa or the characteristic that is derived from it linguistically and that is tadammun and likewise it might indicate other characteristics indirectly which are not linguistically derived from the name however which of necessity must be yani, applied to Allah uh, these, after discussing these three types of indications then he talks about one of them tadammun tadammun in question number 57 he said ala kam qism dalalat al asma al husna min jihat al tadammun yani how many are the types or the divisions of the indications of the beautiful names of allah how many are the divisions how many divisions are there uh, of the indication of allah's beautiful names from the perspective of tadammun yani if we look at the beautiful names of allah he said that they have three ways of indications. One of them it is mutabaqah and another of them is tadammun and the third one is iltizam. As for tadammun, this uh, type of indication it indicates the characteristic that is derived from the name of Allah. So he said how many are the divisions of this type of indication? Yani by tadammun, that which is included in something or that which is implied by something. And he said that the divisions are four. There are four divisions of the indication 
of Allah's names by from the perspective of Tadammun. The first of them is that if we look at the names of Allah from this perspective of Tadammun, that which they imply or that which they include, the names of Allah, that which they imply or that which they include, they are inclusive of, the first type or the first division of the indication of Allah's beautiful names from the perspective of Tadammun, he said, it is Al-Ism Al-Alam Al-Mutadammin Li-Jami' Ma'ani Al-Asma Al-Husna Wahuwa Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala He said that the first division of the indications of Tadammun it is that every name of Allah points to the proper name of Allah Al-Ism Al-Alam the proper name of Allah the proper name of Allah which includes which is inclusive of all of the meanings of Allah's beautiful names and that is the name Allah. The name Allah, it is the proper name of Allah. And this name includes all of the meanings of the other beautiful names of Allah. All of the meanings that are included in the Asma al-Husna, they are inclusive or they are included in the name Allah. Therefore, any name of Allah that we call on Him by, it points to this name, the love al Jalala, that is Allah. Every one of them points to this name Allah because the name Allah includes all of their meanings. For this reason, he said, <coughs> all of the names of Allah, every one of them, are used as descriptions for Allah. Every one of them are used as sifat for the name Allah, but Allah is not used as description for any of the other names. For example, he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Hashr, chapter 59, verse 24, and who Allah is Allah and then Allah is followed by other names which are descriptions of Allah that is Al-Khaliq, Al-Bari, Al-Musawwir the creator, the one who brings things into existence or gives them form and so on Lahu al-Asma al-Husna all of the beautiful names belong to him that is Allah uh, he said so for this reason the name Allah has never come as an adjective, yani subject to or following, yani as, an, as a description of the other names of Allah. But always the other names are used to follow or to describe the proper name of Allah, yani love al Jalala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, the second indication, yani the first by Tadammun, we said that there are four divisions of the indications of the names of Allah from the perspective of Tadammun the first of them it indicates the proper name of Allah which includes all of the meanings of the other beautiful names of Allah the second of them is that which implies or includes a sifa of the that of Allah Azza wa Jalla yani that which implies or includes a sifa of Allah's that a description of Allah's that as opposed to a description of Allah's actions and in the sifat of Allah, Allah's characteristics are descriptions of two types. Some of the scholars have divided them in this way, into two types. Those descriptions that describe Allah's divine being, His that. And those descriptions which describe His actions, His af'al. That which describes His divine being and that which describes His actions. So these are two different things. So he said the second of the divisions of the indication of Allah's beautiful names, it is that they indicate or they point to or include a sifa, a characteristic of Allah's divine being. Like his name, uh, as Samir, the one, the all-hearing one. 
which comprises his all-encompassing hearing. Uh, his all-encompassing hearing that uh, encompasses every sound, every sound. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hearing encompasses every sound, no matter if it is something that is spoken secretly or openly. No matter if it is something which is spoken secretly or openly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sam' his hearing encompasses all sound. So this is a second type of indication, yani, that the names of Allah indicate, they might indicate a sifa, a characteristic of Allah's divine being, like his characteristic of hearing, his all-encompassing hearing. Or like his name, Al-Basir, the all-seeing, which encompasses his piercing or penetrating sight, which penetrates everything that can be seen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sees everything. Whether it is something daqiq, subtle, or jaleel, obvious. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sight, it encompasses everything that can be seen. No matter if it is something that is obvious or something that is subtle. Likewise, His name Al-Aleem. That name Al-Aleem, which composed or encompasses His knowledge, which is all-encompassing, yani which covers everything. And he mentioned here part of the verse from Surah Al-Sabah, chapter 34, verse 3. Yani that nothing is hidden or nothing escapes from the knowledge of Allah. Nothing is outside of the knowledge of Allah. Even that which is equal to the weight of a small ant or an atom in the heavens or in the earth or that which is less or smaller than that, or that which is greater than that. And in nothing escapes from the all-encompassing knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, he said his name, Al-Qadir, the all-powerful one, which encompasses his qudra, his power over everything, to bring it into existence, creation, or to take it out of existence, to remove it from existence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has power over everything. There's nothing outside of his power, there's nothing that he cannot bring into existence, and there's nothing that he cannot remove from this existence. So he said, these are some examples of the second type, or the second division of the indications of Allah's beautiful names from the perspective of at tadammun that which is implied, or that which is included in the names of Allah. First, it indicates the proper name of Allah. Second, it indicates a sifa. It might indicate a sifa that his that, his divine being, is described with. And thirdly, he said, that which includes or implies a sifa of his action, of the actions of Allah. A characteristic that describes one of his actions. And his names might, uh, might imply or include a sifa that describes his divine being, or it might imply or include a sifa that describes his actions. And the examples he gives is Al-Khaliq, the Creator. And here, the sifa that is implied here is the sifa of his action, his action of creation. It is an action of Allah. Ar-Raziq, the provider. And here, the sifa that is included here or implied here is the sifa of providing, giving provisions or sustenance to his creation. This, this is one of the actions of Allah. Or Al-Bari, Al-Musawwir, the one who invents or the one who gives things shapes 
and forms, who brings things into existence. This also is from the actions of Allah. So these names point to a sifa or a characteristic of Allah's actions. So here we have that which indicates the sifa that his divine being is described with or a sifa that is, that is a description of Allah's actions. The last and the fourth division of the indications of the beautiful names of Allah from the perspective of tadammun, that which is inclusive or that which is implied or implicated and from the names of Allah he said the fourth type uh, or the fourth division of the indication by tadammun is that which indicates or implies or includes at-tanazzuh or taqaddus yani that we declare that which yani uh, points to Allah being free from any type of defect or any type of shortcoming that Allah is free from any type of defect or shortcoming this is the fourth type of indication from the names of Allah and he said for example from amongst the examples of that which is indicated in this way he said it, he said al-quddus and as-salam and these these are names that point to or indicate Allah being free from any type of defect or shortcoming so these are the four divisions of the indications of Allah's beautiful names from the perspective of tadammun that which is included in or implied by the names of Allah they imply the proper name of Allah and they imply a sifa of his divine being or a sifa of his actions or the declaration that Allah is free from any type of defect or any shortcoming or whatever has been falsely attributed to Allah such as the Christian saying he has a son or the Jew saying that his hands are tied that he doesn't spend freely these descriptions Allah is free from that so the names that indicate Allah being free from any type of shortcoming or any defect or any falsehood that has been attributed to him these, this is the fourth type of indication uh, that is understood from the beautiful names of Allah from the perspective of Tadammun and it's a dhammun, it means that something is included in or is implied by that name. Uh, question number 58. Again, he talks about the divisions of the names of Allah, but this time from the perspective of their being applied to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, how many are the divisions of the names of Allah? How many divisions are the names of Allah divided into? How many divisions are they divided into? من جهة إطلاقها على الله عز وجل يعني from the perspective of their being applied to Allah when the names of Allah are applied to Allah how many divisions are the names divided into here the Shaykh rahimahullah divides them into two divisions those which are used individually and those which are used which are required to be used with another name they cannot be used individually those which can be used individually or with another name but they can be used independently and those which must be coupled with another name how many divisions are the beautiful names of Allah divided into from the perspective of their being applied to Allah he said that from amongst those divisions is that which is applied to Allah mufradan and it is applied to Allah it is used in reference to Allah individually that name is used to, in reference to Allah alone or it might be used with another name 
Yani it could be used with another name or it could be used individually. It is not necessary that it has to be uh, coupled with another name. Its meaning is perfect and complete alone. He said that which, this, these are, this type, the one that can be used alone, mufradan, or it can be used with something else, it is that which implies or consists of or contains a characteristic of perfection, sifat al-kamal, bi-ayyi itlaq. Yani no matter how it is used, you will understand from it a characteristic of Allah's perfection. No matter how it is used. If it is used alone, it will indicate perfection. And if it is used with another name, it will also indicate perfection. Yani its perfection alone will be increased by another name being added to it. But even if it is used alone, it will be perfect. Yani if you say, for example, Al-Aziz, that Allah is the Almighty, the one who has power over everything. He has his might covers everything. That is sufficient, you can use it alone. But sometimes Allah refers to himself by another name coupled with it, like Al-Aziz Al-Hakim. Okay, that means it becomes more perfect, because he is not only mighty, but he uses that might according to wisdom, hikmah. So that is more perfection. But if you use Al-Hakim by itself, it is sufficient. If you use Al-Aziz by itself, it is sufficient. And if you couple them together, but it's not necessary, it only increases the meaning of perfection that they indicate when they are joined together. The examples that he gives for this is Al-Hay, Al-Qayyum, Al-Ahad, Al-Samad, and other similar names. Yani that Allah is the one who has perfect life, the all-living. Al-Qayyum, the one who is sufficient, self-sufficient, who is without need of anyone. That everything in the creation is sustained by and relying upon. Al-Ahad, the one that is one, alone, unique. Al-Samad, the one that all the creatures go back to, or refer to, or turn to for their needs, and so on. Such names as this. All of these names can be used individually. Or they might be coupled with other names to increase yani the meaning of perfection that they will indicate together, above and beyond what they indicate individually or singly. The second type he said, also from the divisions of the beautiful names of Allah, from the perspective of how they are used in reference to Allah, how they apply to Allah, he said, he said that which is, ما لا يطلق على الله إلا ما مقابله. وَهُوَ مَا إِذَا أُفْرِضَ أَوْحَمَا نَقْصًا Yani that which, it cannot be used, it cannot be applied to Allah except مَعَ مُقَابِلِهِ Yani that which is opposite of it. Except with that which is, that which meets it from the opposite side. And these are the types of names that if they are used alone, a person might imagine that there is some defect. It is possible that it will be understood in a defective manner. Therefore, the perfection of it, it is in joining them together. The examples he gives from this is Ad-Dar Al-Nafi, the one who causes harm and the one who benefits. Yani Ad-Dar, it shouldn't be used, shouldn't be applied to Allah alone, the one who causes harm. But its meaning of perfection is understood when we say that he is Ad-Dar Al-Nafi. He is the one who causes harm and also the one who benefits. And he causes harm for the one that deserves it, and he benefits the one who deserves it. And this is the perfection. He doesn't just cause harm, but he causes harm where it is due, and he gives benefit where it is due. Likewise, he gave the names Al-Khafid, Al-Rafi', the one who brings down, or lowers, and the one who raises up. We should not say that Allah is Al-Khafid, and use this name alone by itself, that Allah lowers, he abases, he brings people down and lowers them. We shouldn't use it alone, but it should be in order to 
eliminate the possibility of any defect being understood from it, we apply it together with its opposite, Al-Khafid, Al-Rafi'i, Allah is the one who brings down and He is the one who raises up. And He brings down those who deserve to be brought down low, to be abased, and He raises up those who deserve to be raised up and to be honored. He is Al-Mu'ati, Al-Mani'i, the one who gives and the one who withholds. We shouldn't call Allah Al-Mani'i by itself, that He withholds. But that could, that could be understood as a description of imperfection, unless we say he is the one who gives al-mu'ati and he is the one who withholds al-mani' yani according to what is just and what is right and what is fair, based on his knowledge and his wisdom, based on justice, he gives or he withholds. Al-mu'iz, al-mudil, he is the one who raises a person up, honors them, gives them might, might, yani power. And al-mudil, yani the one who humiliates, brings people down to humiliation. Again, these names, they should not be used individually, but they should be used yani, jointly in order for the complete meaning and the perfection of those names to be understood. Then he said, and, and likewise other similar names. He said, now the rule concerning this, he said, it is not permissible to use this name al-dar, the one who causes harm, or al-khafid, the one who brings law, al-mania, the one who withholds, al-mudil, the one who humiliates. It is not allowed to use any one of these individually. And in the absent, just use it with unrestricted, without the opposite of it. It is not permissible to use these type of names individually. And he said, وَلَمْ يُطْلَقْ قَطْ شَيْءٌ مِنْهَا فِي الْوَحْيِ كَذَلِكَ and he said, none of these names have been used in the revelation. None of them have been applied to Allah in the revelation in this way. Individually, la fil kitab wa la fil sunnah. Not in the Qur'an, nor in the sunnah. And these names have not come in the Qur'an, nor in the sunnah, being applied to Allah individually. But they have always come, joined with the opposite, so that there is no chance for the possibility of any type of defect to be attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he said, and from this type of name, he said, also is his name, the name of Allah Ta'ala, Al-Muntaqim. And he's the one who exacts retribution, who takes retribution. He said, this name has not been applied in the Qur'an. And he accepts that it is joined with that which is connected to it. The meaning that should be connected to it in order for it to be understood what is meant by taking retribution. Like in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Sajda, chapter 32, verse 22, yani The name Muntaqim, here it has been used in reference to Allah, but however it has been used with that which is related to it, or which is connected to it in order to understand its meaning, That which is muta'allik bihi, it is the jawal majroor min al Mujrimin, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that we are uh, taking retribution or exacting retribution min al-mujrimin from the criminals. So when this which is connected to it, when it is joined with it, then its meaning becomes clear that Allah punishes, that he takes retribution from the people who deserve to be punished, the mujrimin, the criminals, and the disbelievers, the pagan disbelievers, and so on, the hypocrites. He said also such a name, it might be used along with that which is connected to it in order to understand its meaning, or it might be used with the expression dhu, dhu. And in this expression dhu, it means the one who possesses or who owns, or who is the master of something. So this might be connected to the sifa, or the characteristic which is derived from any expression, from one of these expressions. 
For example, the expression or the name Muntaqim, he said that the sifa which is derived from it is Intiqam. So this sifa which is derived from that name, uh, it might be used individually if it is used with this expression Vu, as in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 4, Wallahu Azizun Dhuntiqam. That Allah is Aziz, mighty, Dhuntiqam, the one who possesses or who owns, the master of, the one who is able to exact retribution. The one who is able to exact retribution. He is the one who possesses or who owns Al-Intiqam. He is the one who has the right to exact retribution. So he said that these, such names might be used either with the opposites or they might be used with that which the, that which is muta'allif bihi, that which is connected to it, which explains and clarifies its meaning or it might be used with the expression ذو, like in this expression here, ذو انتقام, ذو انتقام, the one who possesses or who owns or who has the authority or the right to exact retribution. So in this question the Shaykh has mentioned and he basically two uh, divisions of the names of Allah in reference to Allah, those names which are used individually and can also be used with other names, however it is sufficient to use it alone and those names which require that they be joined with the opposite of them in order for the meaning to be perfect, to be perfect and that there is no room for anyone to imagine or to falsely believe that there is some type of defect or shortcoming implied by that name. In question number 59 the Shaykh says, تَقَدَّمَ أَنَّ صِفَاتِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى مِنْهَا ذَاتِيَّةٌ وَفِعْلِيَّةٌ It has already been mentioned previously, it has been mentioned previously, that the sifat of Allah, the characteristics of Allah the Most High, are of different types. From them, there are those which are ذَاتِيَّةٌ and from them, there are those which are فِعْلِيَّةٌ yani, The sifat of Allah, it has already been mentioned that there are two types, those which, reply, which are referring to his that, his divine being, and those which refer to his actions. So this type of sifat, they are described here, he said, as sifat dhatiya or sifat fi'liya. The characteristics of his divine being, or the characteristics of his actions. And his divine being, for example, uh, he is described as having knowledge, and he is described as having power. However, uh, as far as those which describe his actions, it means the actions of ascending or descending or the action of creating and so on, providing for his creatures. So there are two types. So here he says, what is the example of the sifat, sifat as that? Some of the sifat of Allah, yani as sifat the sifat that refer to His divine being from the Sunnah. As far as the Quran, as far as the Quran, He mentions a number of ayats that indicate sifat that refer to his divine being. Here he is talking about the sifat, not those that refer to his actions, but those that refer to Allah's divine being. These are sifat or characteristics or qualities that Allah has mentioned concerning himself in the Qur'an. 
So no one can deny them. But we have to acknowledge them. Allah has described Himself. He has described His divine being with these characteristics. From amongst them is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 64. بَلْ يَدَاهُ مَبَصُوطَ طَعْنِي يُنْفِقُ كَيْفَ يَشَاءُ Yani this is in reference to the, the false claim of the Jews that Allah's hands are tied, that He doesn't spend. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَلْ يَدَاهُ مَبْصُوطَ طَعْنِي Yani that Allah's two hands, that they are outstretched. He spends as much as He wills. So here Allah has described Himself as having two hands. Bel yadahu, His two hands. Allah describes Himself as having two hands. How are His hands? Well, they must be understood in a way that is suitable and fitting to the greatness and the glory and the majesty and the perfection of Allah. We shouldn't imagine that they are like the hands of creatures. Yani hands are different types. The hands of human beings are different from the hands of cows or the hands of chickens or the hands of birds or the hands of whatever. Animals have different type of hands. Humans have different type of hands. And Allah's hands are in accordance with His divine majesty. How they are, no one knows. But we know that Allah has hands. He has described Himself as such. <coughs> then He mentions the saying of Allah from Surah Al-Qasas, chapter 28, verse 88. Yani that everything is perishing. Everything will perish with out of existence except his face. So Allah has described himself by the word wedge, wajha, yani his face. Uh, how is the face of Allah? We don't know. But it is a face that is suitable, it is fitting, it is appropriate for the greatness and the glory and the majesty of the divine being Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Rahman, chapter 55, verse 27, وَيَبَقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ ذُو الْجَلَالِ وَالْإِكْرَامِ and that which will remain is the face of your Lord, the one who possesses majesty and honor. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Taha, chapter 20, verse 39. Yani that it is in reference to Musa salam, the Prophet Musa, when he was ordered, when, when, it, when he was ordered to be sent to be put in a, in a box to, be, to float on the Nile so that he would be taken by his enemy, Fir'aun. He said, this is so that that you would be brought up under my eye. Here Allah has described himself as having an eye, and this is any, uh, the meaning of it. However, some of the scholars have, any, in the various books of tafsir, they have described any, that the secondary meaning of this, it means under the eye of Allah, it means that Allah is watching over him, that Allah is protecting him and guarding him, and so on, taking care of him, that he is in the care of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah is seeing his every situation and circumstance, whatever is his condition. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Kahf, chapter 18, verse 26, And this expression, and it has been translated as meaning how clearly he sees and hears everything. The meaning of absir bihi wa asmi, as the scholars of tafsir said, it means absir billahi wa asmi. It means ma absaruhu wa ma asma'uhu. It is an expression that is called in Arabic ta'ajjub. Yani you say, ma ajmala hadha al-bayt. Yani what is more beautiful? How beautiful is this house? So here the meaning of absir bihi wa asmi, it means, oh how clear and complete and perfect and all-encompassing is Allah's sight and Allah's hearing. And the discussion of this ayat, yani it requires some time, and due to the lack of time, we will not discuss it in detail now. However, the important thing is that we can understand from this ayat that Allah sees and that Allah hears and that His sight and His hearing 
is perfect and all-encompassing. Then he mentioned, نعم. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Surah Al-Taha, chapter 20, verse 46, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa and Harun, alayhi salam, قَالَ لَا تَخَافَا So the two of them, he said, don't fear, إِنَّنِي مَعَكُمَا أَسْمَعُ وَعَرَى He said, verily, I am with the two of you, Musa and Harun, alayhi salam, أَسْمَعُ وَأَرَى I hear and I see. I am hearing whatever is happening and I am seeing. That was when they were sent to the oppressor, Fir'aun. He said, don't fear. Verily, I am with you. How is he with you? How is he with, how is he with them? He is with them because he hears and he sees. He hears whatever is going on and he sees what is happening. And he has power over everything. So the being with them, it means not physically. It means Allah is above the seven heavens, above his throne. But he is with them as it is explained in this ayat. إِنَّنِي مَعَكُمَا أَسْمَعُ وَأَرَى I hear and I see. By his hearing and by his sight, by his knowledge, by his power, Allah is with them. So this is also an indication of Allah's hearing and Allah's sight. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Tufa, chapter 20, verse 110, that indicates Allah's knowledge. يَعْلَمُوا مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ وَلَا يُحِيْتُونَ بِهِ عِلْمًا That Allah knows what is uh, in front of them and what is behind them, and they do not encompass anything of his knowledge. Or as some of the scholars of Tafsir said, وَلَا يُحِيْتُونَ بِهِ عِلْمًا That they cannot encompass or comprehend completely the divine being of Allah, his knowledge and his characteristics and qualities and actions through their knowledge. That the knowledge of the creatures is not sufficient to encompass uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah from Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 164 And this is an indication of Allah's speaking. That Allah spoke to Musa with real speech. Then he mentions Allah's calling out to Musa and calling out to Adam and Hawa in the verses and he's calling out to the people on Yawm Qiyamah the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-Shu'ara chapter 26 verse 10 وَإِذْ نَادَى رَبُّكَ مُوسَى أَنِعْتِ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ And when Allah called out, when, you, when your Lord called out to Musa saying to him go to Al-Qawm Al-Zalimeen, the oppressive, oppressive people, the people who are oppressors, wrongdoers. Allah called out, and this is also uh, a characteristic of Allah, yani, that indicates speech. The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-A'raf, chapter 7, verse 22, وَنَادَاهُمَا رَبُّهُمَا أَلَمْ أَنْهَكُمَا أَلَمْ أَلَمْ أَنْهَكُمَا أَنْ تِلْكُمَ الشَّجَرَةِ yani, The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning Adam and Eve, he said, وَنَادَهُمَا رَبُّهُمَا That the, the Lord of the two of them, He called out to them and He said, Didn't I prevent you? Or didn't I prohibit you? And هَكُمَا أَنْتِلْكُمَ الشَّجْرَةِ Didn't I prohibit the two of you from that tree? And from taking from that tree. And the saying of Allah from Surah Al-Qasas, chapter 28, verse 65, الْمُرْسَلِينَ That the day when Allah would call out to them, to the creatures on Yawm Qiyam, to the people, and he would say, فَيَقُولُ Allah would say, he would speak, he would say, مَاذَا أَجَبْتُمْ In what way have you answered? What have you answered the Mursaleen, the messengers? When they called you to his message and to worship him, he would say on that day, how did you answer them? Meaning, did you respond to them? Did you comply? Did you submit and obey? And other ayats like this indicating the sifat of Allah's that. The sifat of Allah's that. Uh, the last question Uh, that we will take is question number 60 
And if the adhan is called, we will stop and just try to complete it bi ta'ala. That is, what are the examples of the sifat, sifat of that min sunnah Any characteristics of Allah's that, His divine being, that are from the sunnah. Any the characteristics of the that are those which are inseparable from Allah's being, as opposed to the characteristics of His actions, which are those which He does whenever He wills, however He wills. Any which are connected to His will, to His mashiyah, or His irada. So here he mentions the sifat that are related to Allah's divine being from the sunnah and from those which he has mentioned is the saying of the Prophet hijabuhu and nur that Allah's hijab it is nur, it is the light لَوْ كَشَفَهُ لَأَحْرَقَتْ سُبُحَاتُ وَجْهِهِ مَنْ تَهَا إِلَيْهِ بَصَرُهُ مِنْ خَلْقِهِ yani that Allah's hijab that separates him from the people seeing him it is nur, it is light, it is light he said, if it was uncovered, the hijab, if that light was removed, then the majesty of the face of Allah, it would cause, it would burn up and destroy everything of his creation that his sight would reach. And Allah's sight reaches everything. So everything that his sight would reach, it would be destroyed if the hijab, if the nur that is Allah's hijab, if it were removed from him. So here this, this hadith indicates the wedge, the face of Allah, yani the subuhat wajhihi, the majesty of Allah's face, yani it would, if, if the hijab were removed from it, it would destroy everything that is seen uh, of his creation, and it also indicates basar, basaruhu, yani it indicates Allah's characteristic of sight, seeing. Uh, this hadith is reported by Imam Muslim and the Muslim of Imam Ahmed, Sunan of Ibn Majah, and others. Likewise, the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in which it is reported that he said, Yaminullah, and in some of the narrations, Yadullah, Yaminullah mal'a la yaghiduha nafaqatun sahaw al-layla wal-nahar that the, the right hand of Allah, it is full and it is not reduced or nor does it decrease by spending, continuous spending during the night and during the day. Yani Allah continues to spend day and night and that which is in his right hand it is not decreased. In reference to the ability of the creatures to detect it, they cannot detect any decrease because of the amount of Allah's wealth and that which he possessed in his hand. He said in this hadith, the Prophet said, that have you not seen what he has spent since he has created the heavens and the earth, what Allah has spent of his bounty and his favors? Since he created the heavens and the earth, indeed it has not been decreased. And it has not caused any decrease in that which is in his hand, in his right hand. وَأَرْشُهُ عَلَى الْمَاءِ And his throne is above the water. And before he created the heavens and the earth, he had already created the throne which was above the water, as is mentioned in the Quran. وَكَانَ عَرْشُهُ عَلَى الْمَاءِ And then he said, وَبِيَدِهِ الْأُخْرَى الْخَيْدِ أَوْ Yani in his other hand is the bounty or is the power to bring about death. In some of the narrations of Imam al-Bukhari, he said al-Mizan. In his other hand is the Mizan, yani the scale, the balance that the deeds of the people will be weighed by. Yarfa'u wa yaqfid. He raises up and he brings low whomever he wills. In this hadith, it is mentioned in the Sahih of al-Bukhari and Muslim and Ahmed and others. Then he mentioned the saying of the Prophet wasallam. In the hadith related to the Jal, the Antichrist, he said, Inna Allah la yakhfa alaykum, Inna Allah laysa bi'a'awar. That indeed Allah is not hidden from you. Indeed Allah, He is not one-eyed. Allah is not one-eyed. 
and he pointed to his eye. And the Prophet ﷺ, when he said this, he pointed to his eye. Allah is not one eye. And in the remainder of this hadith, it is also mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ said that indeed in Masih al-Dajjal, he is blind in his right eye. It is as though and his eye is like a protruding grape. And he, a big fat protruding grape. And he, he is blind in that eye. So the, the jail, Masih al-Dajjal, the Antichrist, he is blind in one eye. He is one-eyed. And he said, indeed, your Lord is not one-eyed. In case anybody might imagine, as the signs of the last day, when the coming of the Jal, and he would do miraculous things, people might imagine, as he claimed, that he is indeed the Lord of the world. He has claimed such. And the Prophet ﷺ made it clear that your Lord is not one-eyed. Don't be deceived. And in some of the narrations it said that between his eye or on his forehead it is written, Kafir, Kafira. And this is for the believers to know that if when the Dajjal comes, whoever is living at that time, they should know that whatever he claims, that he is not divine, and whatever powers he displays, it is only by Allah's decree. Finally, he mentions the hadith of Istikhara, the Prophet ﷺ saying, Allahumma inni astakhiruka bi'ilmika wa astakhiruka bi'kudratika wa as'aluka min fadlika al-azim. To the end of that hadith, he said that the Prophet ﷺ used to say that if anybody wants to make a decision about something, they should perform two raka'ah, some other than the obligatory prayers, and at the end of those two raka'ah, or after it, they should supplicate with this supplication, which is known as the dua of istikhara. Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. In the end of this question, in the end of this question, and in this hadith, the hadith of istikhara, in that the Prophet ﷺ said that we should supplicate with this dua, O oh Allah, verily I seek, yani, I consult you by your knowledge, yani, to make a decision of what is good by your knowledge, and I seek your support and help by your qudra, by your power, and I ask of you your fadl, your bounty and your favor that is supreme. Indeed, فَإِنَّكَ تَقْدِرُ وَلَا أَقْدِرُ وَتَعْلَمُ وَلَا عَلَمُ that indeed you are the one who are able to do and I am not able and you are the one who knows and I do not know and you are the one who has perfect knowledge of the unseen. In this hadith, the characteristics of knowledge, ilm and qudra, power are attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And finally, uh, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ reported by Bukhari and Muslim and others, in which the Prophet ﷺ said on an occasion to his companions, and you don't trouble yourselves uh, by raising your voices. إِنَّكُمْ لَا تَدْعُونَ أَسَمَّ وَلَا غَائِبًا تَدْعُونَ سَمِيعًا بَصِيرًا قَرِيبًا That verily you are not calling on one who is deaf. You are not calling on one who is deaf. This is negated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا غَائِبًا No one who is absent. This is also negated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. تَدْعُونَ سَمِيعًا And this is affirmed for Allah. That he is the one who is hearing. بَصِيرًا The one who is seeing. قَرِيبًا The one who is near. And here Al-Imam Al-Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Asqalani said a number of points concerning this hadith but for lack of time and he will summarize it the main point he said is that here qariban near Allah is near it doesn't mean near and distance physical distance because Allah is free from such and al-hulul the idea that Allah can come into something or become a part of something this is something foreign to Islam but the meaning of it is that Allah is near by his sight and by his hearing and by his power and so on as is understood from the wording that precedes it تَدْعُونَ سَمِيعًا بَصِيرًا قَرِيبًا that you are calling on one who hears and who sees and who is near uh, then he mentioned the hadith and the hadith is not sahih however he mentioned this hadith to indicate speech that if Allah wants to reveal some matter then he speaks by revelation he speaks تَكَلَّمْ بِالْوَحِي and this hadith and he has been declared to be unauthentic. However, the speaking of Allah is proven by the hadith which follows and many other hadith and by the Quran itself which has been mentioned previously that Allah spoke to Musa. Finally, he mentioned the hadith related to Al-Ba'ath and this is a very important hadith. It should be reviewed for the importance of it. In that hadith, he mentions part of it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يَقُولُ Allah ta'ala يَا Adam, فَيَقُولُ لَبَيْكْ وَسَعَدَيْكْ to the end of the hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would say to Adam, Ya Adam, he would call out to him and Adam would say, Labaik wa Sa'adaik to the end of the hadith. That hadith it is mentioned something which is very important and that is the saying of the Prophet that Allah would say that bring out bring out those Ba'asad Jahannam, yani those who are destined for the hellfire from your offspring. And then it would be said, yani Adam would say, Ya Rabb, come ukhriju. Yani how many should I bring out? Yani how many of my offspring would be the people of the hellfire? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would say to him, Akhrij min kulli niyatin tis'atin wa tis'ina. That from every hundred you should bring out ninety-nine. And in some of the narrations in Bukhari, he said, min kulli alfin, yani from every thousand, nine hundred and ninety-nine. They said, Ya Rasulullah, when they heard this, that from every hundred of the offspring of Adam, he said, bring out ninety-nine. They are from the people of hellfire. Or from every thousand, nine hundred and ninety-nine. They are the people from the hellfire. The companions of the Prophet ﷺ said, Ya Rasulullah, إِذَا أَخَذَ مِنَّا مِنْ كُلِّ If it is taken out from every hundred, ninety-nine. If from every hundred, ninety-nine will take out. So what will remain from us? Who will be left? And who will be entering the paradise and in this narration that is mentioned here he said that verily my ummah in comparison to the other ummah is like white hairs on the black yani thaw, ox yani meaning that my ummah they are few in comparison to the other nations so that yani if 99 are taken out they will not be from my ummah yani few and mostly they will be from the other nations. As in some of the narrations, it is also reported in Sahih al-Bukhari that the Prophet ﷺ said, Abshir, 
good news and he accepted the good news that that 999 from them they would be from Gog and Magog he said they would be from them and the one that is from the people of paradise it would be from you from his companions or from his ummah from the Muslims and this is the end of what we can cover this evening so we will stop here بإذن الله تعالى سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك if there's any questions or comments perhaps we can take يعني a couple of questions if the sisters have any questions they can call us In reference to? Now? I can't? What did I say? Huh? No, 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 no. Which, I don't know which ayat are you talking about. Quickly. Uh-huh. Tight, inshallah. Is there any question? Apparently on the handout that is given uh, concerning one of the ayats, Surah Al-Taha, chapter 20, 110, maybe there is a mistake in the translation or in the typing. Uh, it, it says, they can, they can encompass his knowledge. Mm. Yani if it says can, it should be they cannot. لا يحيطون به علما. Yani they cannot encompass anything of his knowledge. Now, any question or any other comment, correction? Now, the next ayat should be twenty six ten. Which what is the next ayat? Mm-hmm. The ayat after that uh, from Surah Al-Shu'ara, it is 26.10. If it is written otherwise, 110. Is it written 26.110? It should be 26.10. Now, okay, so. Now, uh, as far as the sifat al-fi'liyah, Concerning the actions of Allah, the characteristics of Allah's actions, we didn't uh, discuss any examples. But examples will be discussed. <laughs> examples will be discussed uh, in the future uh, discussions, future questions, inshallah. And what he has, the questions that we have reached now, asked about the sifat al-dhatiya, the sifat that are related to Allah's divine being. And there are other questions where he would discuss Allah's actions, and the sifat that describe his actions both from the Qur'an as well as from the Sunnah and the coming questions, insha'Allah. Tayyip. So we'll stop here, insha'Allah. Oh, yeah. Um, please... Um